This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, and welcome to Transcend with Nat. I'm Nat, I'm your host, and today I'm going to go over a couple emails I've gotten with some questions and some suggestions of topics. And so I'm going to move right into that. And to start with, we have a question about dreams and specifically about um, asking me to share more about colors within dreams. And the person would like to understand more of what the different colors of different symbols mean for them and um, maybe just more about color in general. So, color in dreams. Color can be an indicator of the level that you're on. Uh, now, the different levels have different colors that are associated with them. Uh, physical, the physical has green, the astral, which is the imagination realm, has pink. The causal, which is where the emotions are, um, where the karma is, and where the uh, Akashic records are, that's orange. The mental of the mind is blue. The etheric or unconscious is purple. And then when we get into the positive realms above soul and above, uh, we at the soul level is gold and then it moves into lighter gold and pale gold and clear and then there's no words so that's a general idea of the different colors of the realms there's also qualities of color um, different colors have different qualities have different aspects to them now I got to uh, get more information about this when I was living with JR. Uh, for those, if this is your first episode, John Roger is my teacher, my spiritual teacher, who I worked with and lived with and traveled with for many, many years. And um, he had some old books or pamphlets or something about the, the different uh, master... Is it Kohans or Chohans, I think you call it, of the different colors? And I remember this because at one point he asked uh, MSIA, the Movement of Spiritual and Awareness, the organization that he founded, he asked them to send a copy of every book <laughs> and booklet that he had written up to Mandeville where we were living. And so they sent a ton of books because he had written a lot, a lot. I, I don't even know how many uh, he actually ended up writing. Just regular books, at least probably 60 is my guess, and maybe more. I mean, it could be 100, but then he had all these booklets, like the discourses and etc. And he had, so he had so many. So when he sent those up, there was a lot of these um, older ones. And I know there's some seminars about it somewhere too, where he's discussing all of this. Uh, but one place that I have found um, the information about colors is in the book Inner Worlds of Meditation, 
which you can get on Amazon by John Roger. And it, it goes into greater detail about the colors. Uh, for instance, for green, um, the master of the green ray is the keeper of a brilliant emerald green color. Once in a while, you will see it as a pale green, but usually it will be a deeper, more vibrant emerald green. This color has two actions. It's partly a teaching action and partly a healing action. However, the whole idea of teaching is actually healing, so there is really no difference. In the spiritual sense, both are called balancing actions. Um, so that's, and it goes on about, that's just the green. And then it gives meditations about that. Um, and then there's the other colors of, and things like that. So how I've used colors, colors haven't, not that I really remember, haven't been like a major part of my dreams, although they do at times have indicators, um, especially for me, it's been more like if I, if there's a animal or if there's, um, there can be kind of a general shade in the air in a sense in my dreams of, or a general perception of what that color is. And so that is something that, uh, that I've used with color uh, different, and, and it can have different representations. For instance, uh, animals are big in my dreams too, and am animals are usually symbolic. Uh, so for instance, and they can have different meanings, the same animal. So for instance, a snake uh, could have, and which I really don't like snakes that much, it's just my own personal thing, but for dreams, uh, snakes can be, in my experience, they can be either negativity. So it could be a warning about negativity. It could be, uh, depending on how the dream is structured, it could be me dealing with negativity. It could be telling me that uh, to watch out. It could be telling me that I'm, um, that something is negative that I'm dealing with. It could be something in another level, another, another realm. Uh, that I need to be careful of. It, it can be a lot. It can mean a lot of things depending on how that is. So the snake, um, maybe it's a. I've had plenty of rattlesnake dreams, and those generally have been negative uh, or a representation of negativity. Snakes can also represent wisdom. Um, so they, and then you can get different color snakes, um, and. And so I have had dreams where the snake represents wisdom. And even though I may be frightened of the snake, it still doesn't necessarily mean that that's a negative thing. And then, you know, I might see a white snake, you might see um, a different colored snake, a black snake, and, and that can all be representational to you. Now, Jerry always said that the dreamer is the best interpreter of the dream. And so that's something that as you're working in your dreams, um, you can look because interpreting dreams is such, it's not just a cookie cutter approach um, where you can say that uh, this means this all the time. You know, I've had dreams with different types of animals, um, with bears, with lions, with all sorts of things that have different meanings to me and especially within the context of the dream, it can have a different meaning, an eagle uh, or a bird. All these, all these uh, animals 
can have different symbolisms in the dream depending on what that is um, for you. And so back to colors, you know, the color of that animal or the color of the symbol or the color of a different item in a dream. Maybe it's a flame or a candle that has a different color. Maybe it has a purple color, uh, which might indicate um, that transmuting quality, that something's being transmuted. Uh, the purple is also the color that the, what my teacher, JR, called the mystical traveler, uh, rides on, which is a made-up name for a certain consciousness um, that has a transmuting quality that can bring balancing um, and that, you know, it can indicate different things depending on how that purple, uh, how that purple comes about. Maybe, you know, white can, and oh, and then you can get, you know, different depending on where you are in the dream. So that can also be um, representational. So maybe you're in the mountains or maybe uh, you're in a very, uh, a very light, like it's very bright where you are. That could be something if uh, it could have a gold color, you know, all these different types of colors to me, they're almost, um, at least they're not the main part of the dream. They're just more of a guide or, or a representation or something that I can use in my consciousness to uh, better interpret or better understand where I was traveling. For instance, if I'm traveling, maybe the vehicle that I'm traveling in, in is a certain color. And that could mean something about the realm I'm traveling in. Um, and it can mean other things too. So really playing with um, what, you know, looking at inside and, and, and playing with it in a way in terms of how you look at your dreams and the different things those colors can mean and the different things those dreams can mean can really, um, can really be good. But so the, so if you want to also get more about the, the different realms, there's different place where you have the charts of the realms um, in terms in, in the explanation of that, of each realm. Uh, for instance, this book, Passage into Spirit by J.R., which is where I was just looking at the different colors um, of the realms. And so that's, that's something that you can use as a reference. The inner Worlds of Meditation you can use as a reference. And these, there's just a lot of places you can go with the colors. Um, so that hopefully helps you uh, look more into these colors. And thank you for that question. Um, the same person also asked if I've done an episode on understanding. As in, what are the best ways people may understand each other better besides vulnerability, sharing themselves, or walking in each other's shoes? Um, they also ask, or episodes on faith, trust, or the power of sharing, expression, confession. Uh, so let me just talk a little bit about the understanding. 
in general, one of the ways that I've found is a great way to find understanding in a situation is to actually, for a situation, um, I know the question was about how to have understanding with others, um, but what's coming to me is this, that when I'm dealing with um, having greater understanding, to get above the karma is really helpful. Um, and that's something that you can do through spiritual exercises, which we've talked about plenty in previous episodes. And moving into, um, moving into that place beyond these lower levels, that place that is uh, pure, that is, that, that is beyond words in a way, um, to get into that altered state where you can move beyond these fields of right and wrong, these fields of cause and effect, and you can move your consciousness above it, that that can help in terms of bringing greater understanding because you then have a greater perspective of the situation and also a greater perspective of, for instance, and one of the ways you can do this with people is contemplation, is um, in your imagination, in your contemplation, looking at, well, maybe if I had experienced what they had experienced and was in the situation they were in, um, perhaps I would have responded in a similar way if I were them. And that's something that uh, I saw when I read about Abraham Lincoln that he tended to do is that he would look at um, how, you know, he wouldn't just rush to judgment on someone um, when, thing, when they wouldn't follow his orders, for instance, generals. And he would say, well, maybe if I were on the battlefield, if I had just dealt with they, what they had dealt with, maybe I might be hesitant to do that as well. So contemplation can be a way for greater understanding of people. And also looking and, and studying and getting in touch through reading about and meditating on uh, different people who you, who for you represent understanding. So if you have, and these, this applies for other qualities as well. Something that um, has greatly benefited me is that I have studied about a great person and looked at the quality that they brought forward and in looking at that and in um, really getting in touch with that part inside of me, it has helped me to develop that quality inside of me by seeing how someone that I look up to in a way, in terms of that quality, uh, that they, how they approach things. Um, for instance, you could say, well, you know, the how can I, 
you know, think in the highest intellect, and then you might want to study Socrates and, and see how he thought. If you want to have, uh, you know, have a, a lot of different qualities actually like that, where um, I wrote down at one point as I was studying different people, I'm just going to try to look that up here in my Evernote because I keep all of my notes here. So, for instance, um, the devotion of St. Francis or the dedication of John the Beloved, the common sense of Confucius, the virtue of Ben Franklin, the words of Cicero, the storytelling of Homer, um, the justice of King Arthur, the wisdom of Bacon, the vision of Michelangelo, the poetry of Gibran, and the loving of John Roger, the forgiveness of Christ. So there's a lot of different qualities that, and I have a bunch more of different people, and who I, who I would study, who I would read about, and who I would read their writings if they were writers, and get in touch with what that was and that quality um, by immersing myself in that person's consciousness and, and inviting, um, working with that person in that way to, to within me, um, to understand more about them. And so that's something that I've done a lot of that's been very beneficial to me, is to find that quality of, of the different people throughout history and then really um, immerse myself in their writings, in stories about them, in um, finding greater understand, understanding about how they did it. So in terms of understanding and, if, and you're um, looking at how to have better understanding, I would look at someone that you consider, and they may be alive, um, which is great, who you consider to have great understanding and watch them, observe what they do, observe how they look at things and, you know, see and learn from that. Uh, that's something that has been valuable for me in my life. I, I've learned a lot through observation, through immersion, especially being around JR. Uh, I learned a lot by watching him, by uh, being at the effect of, of his teaching me directly um, and how he did that with me. And I find it really, the, the more I move my awareness up and the more situations I deal with um, and the more things I'm dealing with in my life, the more wisdom the more I understand JR, because the more I understand how he was teaching and how he was teaching me and the things he was teaching me, it's almost like he planted all these seeds within me of all these different teachings by 
how he taught me and by how he lived his life and how I observed and was close to him all those years, observing how he would work with different people and how he would do different things. And as I'm doing that more and more of that for myself and in my life I and moving my awareness up, I find those seeds are blossoming into plants where I am now having even greater understanding and a greater depth in the roots uh, of why he did what he did and how he did what he did and um, what I was observing over all those years. and. And it's been, and it continues to be, an amazing process of unfolding within my consciousness. So that's what I have for you. I'm going to go to a different email now. Okay, what do we have here? So, um, so suggestions about subjects to talk about. Purpose in life, career, and spiritual. So, purpose in career, I don't know. <laughs> That's something I am uh, working with myself. So, I would say that the things that I've found with that, now that I said I don't know, here it is. The, th the things that I've really found is service. Being of service, coming from a consciousness of service, of serving the highest good in uh, what you're doing uh, is how, for me, that is where I find value. Because sometimes we end up, for whatever the reasons, uh, in situations, in jobs, that we're not sure exactly what we're doing or why we're doing it. And sometimes we can choose to do something differently and to move. And sometimes we don't seem to be able to make those choices, even if we think we want to, because obviously we have something uh, to learn or grow because we can use everything for our learning and growth. And that's definitely something I would recommend. Whatever career you have, use it, use everything for your greater spiritual unfoldment and upliftment and growth. And so when it comes to purpose, one of the things that I would look at is the soul's purpose. And that you already have a purpose in, in the soul. That the soul has a purpose. And really it's about moving into alignment with that you don't, your purpose isn't lost, it's there, it's, and it's active, and it is, it's happening right now in every moment. It is being done. And so, to move yourself into cooperation with that higher purpose that is already there, you don't have to create a purpose, you don't even really have to find a purpose, you just have to move into the purpose that is already there, which is partly by acceptance, moving into acceptance of what is, by coming, um, attitude is a huge key, bringing uh, that perspective of being of service, of 
touching other people in your loving, with your loving, with your caring, so that people feel, um, or at least have the opportunity, if they so choose, to feel that stirring within them of the loving and the caring that you are demonstrating, and that you listen, that you listen to others. And I, in some ways, I guess this is answering the understanding question before about understanding with others. Um, but so that's, that's what comes forward when you ask about the purposes of life and the spiritual purposes. Um, and then the next question in this email relates to the new era related to what is happening in the world, energies and changes. Yes, there is a lot happening in the world today. There is great changes afoot. And that is truly on purpose and is perfect. And all these changes that we tend to be getting very worked up about at times are all on purpose uh, for the changes that are happening. Now, there was obviously, for many years now, talk of uh, the new age, um, the moving from the Piscean age to the age of Aquarius. There have been a lot of new age movements, um, a lot of changing in consciousness. And we are, there's also cycles. There are cycles that are taking place and we're at a converging of many of these cycles. And this, and when we say we're moving into a new age, many of us may not uh, see that in terms of if you consider that the last age lasted quite a long time. This new age may last quite a long time and have many aspects to it. Um, but these things are changing. This world is changing. I think people are feeling that. There seems to be a lot of uneasiness in the basic selves of people. Um, so sending light to all of our basic selves can be very helpful. Uh, these, and then the person also asked about the indigo, the crystal, the rainbow children and their part in the new era. Well, I don't know a whole lot about that. I, to me, those are just labels for different aspects that people may be picking up on about the children coming in and the level of consciousness. There's a great light that has been being poured into this earth. And as is the case so often when, and we find this in our own lives as we move into the light, that it often kicks up a lot of negativity. It kicks up. It's like pouring, you have all this sediment at the bottom of this bucket. And so the water looked okay, but as but soon as you start pouring fresh and clean water in there, all the sediment gets stirred up. And so it looks really dirty. And, but as, you, as that, that clean water keeps being poured in, and it keeps being poured into this bucket, and it's overflowing, you know, slowly 
that water purifies until it becomes clear and the sediment has been kicked up. So to me, a lot of what's been taking place is things are shifting, things are changing, things need to change. Old, the old patterns need to be completed um, and so that new patterns can be, that have already been initiated in many ways, these new patterns have been uh, anchored and set forward for, for many, many uh, years and generations to come. Uh, we have been changing these patterns and laying the new patterns down and we're seeing the old patterns of this level being completed, uh, being in a way dying, and so that these new patterns can um, start to be manifested more and more. So one of the important things during this process, during this process of change, is to continue to hold that higher consciousness as all these things change around us. Now, that reminds me of a, um, JR used to have, well, they still have, in fact, I get it every day. It's a loving each day email. And it's a really nice email with a quote from JR every day. Um, you can sign up to that on msia.org. And that one time there was a email and it was actually, it was a, it was a loving each day quote from the Spiritual Warrior book. I'm going to pull that out right now and see if I can find that email. And JR, of course, he knew I was getting the email, but um, even then, he sent me the email personally. He forwarded me the loving each day and said, you know, this is for you, Nat. And um, let me see if I can find that right now. So here's that quote that he sent to me. I call observation the key to letting go. When something disturbing shows up and we observe it without reacting emotionally, we do not get thrown off balance. Remember, there's nothing going on that can touch your spirit. Buildings may be falling down outside, but I still say nothing is going on. Why? Because it happened to the building, not to you. And I think that's a very appropriate quote for this time that all of us can do in these, this era of change is to move more and more into observation because what's happening in this world is happening out there. It's not happening to you. Nothing can touch the spirit. So the more you can come from that perspective and to be clear, we all deal with these levels and I very much, you know, if you have pain in your body, all that, I'm not saying that it's uh, some Pollyanna type of ideal. I'm saying that even in that, even as we're experiencing that, that as we identify more with that and come from that spiritual higher nature, that higher essence within us that cannot be killed, that cannot die, that um, continues, 
that as we are more and more in tune with that, that as we are dealing with all of the things that we're dealing with here, um, that we also have that higher perspective and we are holding that as a light while others may not be able to um, hold that within themselves, they can look to all of us who are holding that and we can show them that this light is there. And you don't have to show them with your words, you don't have to um, go preach to the world, it's just in the level that you're viewing from, the level that you're aware of, the level that you're holding inside of yourself, that compassion and that loving. And so that's um, hopefully has helped those of you who wrote those emails, who asked that question, and maybe even more of you who may have been thinking of all these things as well. So that's our episode for this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. It's a pleasure uh, to be able to share all of this with you and have a wonderful week.